I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. One that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Hello, my name is Demetrius. This is Jason. Morning. And you are listening to Spaces Podcasts Express. Thanks for coming back, everybody. Uh, Before we get into it, just wanted to make a quick announcement. Uh, There's an event coming up. It's a week-long event called the Archie Mentors Summit, and it kicks off next week. That's uh, October 25th through the 31st of 2021. This is a podcast, so if you hear this later, you uh, may or may not have missed it. So uh, make sure you check the calendar. So the Archimentor Summit is a free online course for young architects and designers. And the entire event will be talking all about crafting your own ideal career and learning the skills that they don't teach at schools. I'm super excited to be invited as one of the expert speakers. And my session will be called Six Intangible Traits for Tangible Success. And the idea I'm trying to tell my story um, as I've gone throughout my career and through that highlight six traits that I think you'll need to gain success in whatever it is you do. Um, So if that sounds interesting, I'd love for you to join me. But if not, there's lots of other great guests speaking, some of whom have already been on our podcast, Christine Williamson, Anthony Laney, David Drazel, and lots of other guests that I think you should check out on the website. So we'll have a link in the show notes and you can check it out. My session will be on October 30th. So again, would love to have you there, but check out the event and see if it interests you. Okay, back to today's episode. 
So Jason, we were uh, having a very uh, heavy conversation last mm-hmm. last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to pick up where we left off. I think I was talking about my thoughts of the burn down of civilization. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I think I had left off talking about vice and uh, yeah. And, so, uh, oh, that's right. So, so what was interesting was theories, but yeah, what was really interesting was so obviously I would imagine most people are familiar with Joe Rogan right? And his yeah. podcast, the JRE experience or whatever. I like 60% of his episodes, right? Okay. And, but here's the funny thing. And cause the last time you were talking about the media and, and that whole thing, right? I think he does an amazing job of, of almost being like a journalist, right? And here, and here's why I say that here, hang with me, <laughs> yeah. hang, hang, hang with me. And then you can dispute it all you want. So um, when he asks the question, he does an amazing job at making sure he gets an answer. And I think that is something that is lost these days where you, where I see a lot of people get asked questions and constantly skirt it, constantly skirt it, constantly skirt it. And the, and, and I laugh when I see that, cause I'm like, well, you're answering it anyway. Mm-hmm. So you might as well control the scenario, right. Instead of letting people run around and which, which bleeds to the discourse or the distrust in, in a lot of these things. Right. Cause you're like, we well, you won't even answer the question. So why should I trust you? Mm-hmm because I know you're lying because you're not answering the question, right? Now, what was really interesting is on the Rogan deal, they had um, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Yeah. I um, I, I, yeah, I don't know if you saw that or, or yeah. heard it. You know, I don't, I don't watch it, but I'll listen to it. And it was a great conversation multiple times back and forth to where I think Rogan does a pretty good job of when he's, he'll, he'll lend fairness and lend credit when he says, yeah, okay, like I, I, I see what you're saying there. Like kind of like when you and I talk a lot of mm-hmm. times. But then he also puts the dude's feet to the fire and is like, this is a lie. Like you lied, you know, and it's like, and he won't let it go until we can get back to conversation like that to some degree. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to have the ability to trust from here on out. And I'm going to tell you, I think it's been sculpted in that manner to where that's been bred to where it's like, you don't know what to trust or what to believe. And so it turns people on each other. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and it's more and it's become completely about because there is no fact one way or the other, it's about opinion and opinion is not fact. And so that's where you get a lot of this, um, what do you call it? The, the, um, the clashing and, and those types of things. So I, you know, it, I think until we find some way to gain trust that, you, me, other people really honestly are for the the betterment and the good of everyone. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do what I can for me to Trump, you know, to, um, I don't want to say Trump, but to, um, (laughs) sorry, to, to trample you, you know what I mean? Like, like, um, and and that's the vast majority of people because look, those people exist no matter what you do. Um, I think we're going to get, I think, I don't think we can build. And I don't know how we get back to that position. And I think really the, the best way to do it is through some of the grassroots movements like you're referring to, where mm-hmm. people are getting together and saying, wait a minute, you have the same interests that I do. And we need to stand for this because, okay, you're willing to stand too. But, but here's the thing, but somebody has to take the first step. Mm. Because if somebody doesn't take that first step, a lot of people need permission in their own mind to be like, Oh, okay. Cause it's scary. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you go back and you're like, we threw out, I think last time, you know, the idea about the constitution, like those guys that stood up, you know what I mean? Like it took one and then it took, and then it took three, four and five. And then for the rest of the people to stand behind them, because mm-hmm. the other people that did a lot of the fighting 
a lot of pushing back. Sure as hell wouldn't have done it had those first one, two, three, four, five guys not stood up for it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to see some pioneers again and some frontiermen, like and, and ladies, frontier ladies, you know, doing doing this type of stuff towards like no. Like, we're not doing this anymore. Like, I'm not paying your taxes and I'm not, you know, this kind of stuff. Right. And um, I just, I just don't know if we have the generation and the people that are willing to do that. I'm not sure if, if we have the ones that are strong enough to be able to do that in mass. Hmm. And that's what I'm worried about because I think part of this has been like, you look at, you look at the play on genders, you look at the play on toxic masculinity, you look at all these other kind of things. Like, it's like, yeah, I think maybe the way it started might've been a good thing, you know, might've, might've met, you know, kind of like, um, to fund the police. Right. Like when we talk about that initially, the idea behind it was to restructure how money was being spent, mm-hmm. but then got spun off to where it was like, let's get rid of the police. Right. By a whole nother group, which obviously is bad. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it from the very beginning, or at least in my opinion, I'm like, that's asinine. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it from the very beginning on some of those other things, it might've been about accepting people to a certain degree, but not telling an 11 year old, they have the opportunity to do whatever they want and do a sex change. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so I think all those things have lent to trying to reduce some of the ability or the desire for people to push against society. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's been a, a, um, a psychological play to push some people back because, but people like myself, you know, can be seen at times as intimidating and that type of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. We're, we're shamed for doing that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When it's like, well, hold on, all I'm doing is pushing against somebody that's threatening somebody else. Not a bad thing, actually. That's supposed to be a good thing. You know, yeah. holding the door open for a woman. I had a lady yell at me the other day. I can get my own door. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like, I'm just trying to hold the, try to do something nice. You know yeah. what I mean? And so you look at those types of things. And I think that's been an attack over the last 10 or 12 years on taking care of one another and doing that kind of stuff and creating the divisiveness so that they don't organize as well and get forward. So I think it's going to take a lot of work and I'm, I'm hesitant mm-hmm. at, at believing that there's enough people that are really willing to stick their pole in the ground and be like, this is, this is it. You mm-hmm. know? Um, I think that is starting to happen. I think the pendulum did swing too far in some cases. And I think it's coming back to where people are, standing up i know that i saw that there was a a writer for the new new york times that has stepped out and uh, gone to uh substack which is basically like um medium or you know some alternate website where you can post your own stuff and set up a pay program so people can follow you as an individual gotcha And I think people are looking for that now and people are starting to create that. So I think it will happen. Hmm. Um, Substack. Yeah. It's um, so I, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, get discouraged and think that that can't exist. I think it just will take, it takes time for that kind of stuff to happen. The pendulum is one way and then it swings the other. And then as it's coming back, then you'll start to see the people in the middle, which I think are the majority that are going to start to step forward, um, you know, in the coming years to say, okay, everybody's been on the extremes long enough. Everyone here in the middle is going to take over and, and guide the ship, um, and, and figure out how do we, how do we move forward together? Yes. I hope you're right, man. I hope you're so, right. so with that said, I think 
this push that we're currently in of of strikes and uh, the the people trying to take back power, I think it's going to create a whole new. I hope it will create a whole new society where there's a little bit more fairness and we're starting to move forward and starting to look at how we restructure and ultimately prosperity for a bigger swath of people. Um, you know, back in the thirties as, uh, FDR, um, Roosevelt started the, uh, new deal. Mm -hmm. We had that explosion of housing, although there were a lot of people left behind in that. I think if we start to think on those sorts of fronts of how do we start to build uh, more housing and bring people more in and and bring to that this new structured think or new way of thinking of inclusion and making sure that nobody's left behind i think there will be much more prosperity across the board with that crime will naturally decrease when there's more prosperity across the board um hopefully we can relook at how we do the school system and all these all these different things i think there is better days ahead but mm -hmm. i think like you hinted at it that there may be some dark times in between yeah. uh mm -hmm. and we'll probably be going through that hopefully the dark times are not as extreme as you would get the sense the, of looking at, at tv <laughs> well i mean looking at the news today well, uh, yeah i mean look i i'd like to you know if, if, if we can do this real quick you know i'd like to encourage people to go get you know, canned goods and start stocking up and giving yourself a little stockpile of materials only because there's going to be a shortage in a lot of things. They're already telling you that. And that's already part of the, the headlines. So, you know, make sure, you know, buy the, the emergency food supplies, the vacuum pack stuff, whatever, because you can keep it for years. So just have it. It's a good investment. Um, every time you go to the grocery store, throw in an extra can of something like it's the easiest way to stock up on stuff. I won't get, I'm not a doomsday prepper, but I'm prepared. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, it'd just be a good idea, guys. I mean, just simple little things, even solar powered stuff. If we have an energy crisis, we've already run into before and, um, you know, to be able to charge a cell phone and to be able to do different little things that you're going to need to do to keep yourself aware of what's going on. You know, it, it would be smart mm -hmm. because the supply chain is a major, major, major problem right now, major problem. And it's not going away. And to your point, if you look at what the media was saying or the news was saying, they're now saying it ain't going to last. It's not going to stop next year. Yeah, that's so you're already being told you have a problem. You need to listen and you need to jump on it. It's, it's not toilet paper. Don't go buy a bunch of toilet paper. <laughs> Don't be stupid. Like, go get some things that matter. You know what I mean? Um, so filters, not bottled water. Have some bottled water, but have some filters. You know, different things like that. Get it now because you're just going to want to have it and there's nothing wrong with it. And you talk about investments there's, yeah, there's money investments, there's monetary investments, and then there's investments for the tough times. You never know. I mean, yeah. we live, look, and we're in California, you live in an earthquake state. So it's just a good idea yeah. Yeah, to do that. But Yeah. Um, I wanted to further respond to when you said that there was no, where you felt that there was nobody in this generation that would step up to, to kind of take waning. that. I feel there's a lot less than there may have been at one point for sure. So I, I think to that point, we also all have to be mindful that uh, to not shut down those that are trying because of whatever their uh, stance may be there. I think there are a lot of people that are stepping forward to be leaders, 
but we need to sort of sort of support and and guide people that that want to be leaders rather than shutting them down for their thought process maybe i don't disagree with that at all and what i would say is this let's let's have discussions yeah because and and let's be cognizant and fair with how people feel about things Mm -hmm. i'm not saying how you feel rules the day Mm -hmm. but what that basically means is like okay if you feel that way tell me why Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like help me understand why because if you understand the information that you're receiving, no matter what it is, personal, business, any of that kind of stuff, you can then fit solutions mm-hmm. or at least have a better understanding of that individual and what they need. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so then you can, you can try and work together at that point. So I would like, to me, that's what that means. Mm-hmm. Let's have a discussion, you know what I mean? And let's see what it is we can do for the both of us or the better majority of the group. And that means, guess what? I have to give up some things and you have to give up some things. Yeah. That's a negotiation. Like whether anybody like that, that the world is not black and white. It's not left and right. Everything is done in the middle. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle. Right. So you have your extremists, like you said, one way or the other, but then everybody else, the 80 or 90% of the majority is left in the middle somewhere. Yeah. And that's what you have to worry about because the people, the 80 or 90% is the majority. Like that's where the power lies. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's it. If you're willing, if you're willing to sit there and say, okay, why do you feel that way? Like you and I, we have very different views on things, Mm -hmm. right? You're incorrect on some things. I'm right on a lot. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But, but we can have, but that's how we feel, right? Yeah. Like you think the way I look at things is wrong or, or, or not correct. And then, you know, you think what you're doing, but then we can sit there and be like, mm, okay, I don't see it that way, but here's why I see this. And you're like, okay, you know what I mean? It's a discussion. Yeah. And it's not F Demetrius. It's just like, okay, you know, like at least I know where you stand, you know what I mean? And what's, what's wrong about that? Like where in the world did it have to be? Everybody has to believe the same thing. And, and also the other side of that, I think that people forget is we're not all, we don't all have the same, uh, understanding of the world. We have different backgrounds that we came from different experiences. So you just may not know, you just may not have experienced what I have experienced. So I tell you, and now you see things a little bit different or you tell me, yeah, I'm like, Oh, I can see where you're saying. So maybe I scale back a little bit of what I'm thinking, or you scale back a little bit of what you're thinking. Or at least it makes you take an extra second later when you're looking at something and be like, okay, you know, how does that land? Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as being, you're married, I'm married, you know, or being in a relationship or whatever. Hello. You (laughs) both don't feel the same way about everything. Yeah. You don't, but you look at the greater good of it. You're like, like for me, obviously I really love this woman. You know what I mean? And I can't imagine life without her. So guess what? I'm probably going to get concede on a couple of things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think she's going to do the same thing. Now our overall vision of what we want to achieve is very similar, Mm -hmm. but dude, there's a lot of things that we're on opposite ends of. You know what I mean? And it's not, well, then screw you. I'm out. Right. It's, so if you think about it in, in some, I mean, and then kids, Oh God, yeah. like just wait, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a whole nother thing. And, but for some reason outside of that tight nucleus, that seems to have been lost. And but it's, it's like, it's so weird because when you look, or at least when I look at the political situation, mm-hmm. people are arguing literally about the same exact things at the at the basis of what everyone's arguing about it's the same exact thing but there's all this stuff layered on top and it's you're not experiencing the worst that or as bad as i'm experiencing but it's like the same exact thing at the root now let's get to that and figure out all the other stuff of how do we accommodate both 
we're fighting all of the, the little fires and we're not looking at what's tossing the sparks. Yeah. Like that's, that's really what it is. I mean, you're going around and you're just, instead of using a fire hose to hit the base fire, you're peeing on all the little ones that are around there. <laughs> and that's going to, that's, it's exhausting. Yeah. You won't get anywhere and you'll be in a constant state of um, fighting. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like that's, that's what it is. And ultimately again, like you said, and maybe even social media. And unfortunately I think social media kind of curbs some of these as we've seen, a lot of the people aren't far off. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. It's like, look, no, I'm actually for humanity. Cool. Start there. Yeah. Let's yeah. start there. Like, yeah. yes, me too. I don't want to see you suffer. Yeah. I really don't. But here's why I don't want to do it this way. And here's why you don't want to do it. Okay. Let's come to that. Yeah. Exactly. I don't want to see you die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. and the reasons or the roots as to why I think that's going to happen is one reason. And, and maybe yours is another, but the, but the, the basis to your point is the same. Yeah. And I've never seen such closed mindedness. And I'm not saying that that's not on my side too. Mm-hmm. And I would tell you most of that's probably due to fatigue mm-hmm. to where you're just like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I think that's honestly part of the play is we, a lot of people have been emotionally fatigued for a long, long time at this point. Mm-hmm. So where what's the positive that you see kind of coming out of this? I think, I think you're, to me, I think you're seeing a lot of people that are realizing and recognizing that things have to change. Mm-hmm. So I think all of this negative has brought on the reality for people that this isn't working. Either I don't trust the government, I don't trust this, whatever it is, and things have to change. That's the positive for me. Mm-hmm. Um, even to the point where I would tell you, and this isn't a win or loss thing, but some of the stuff where I've been telling people, no don't follow along. Don't do that because I'm telling you, this is what's going on at least at some point. And I've opened my eyes to some things and they've opened their eyes and been like, yeah, that doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you know, so now let's go back to good. We need to change it. You know, how do we all get together on this? Um, I think that's the positive and it's creating discussion. Yeah. Right. And that's important. And now it's become about, and I think when you look at, in my opinion, a lot of the lockdowns we faced before were to stymie that discussion and that fruitfulness. And now that some people are saying, no, I'm not doing this anymore. We seem fine. We're able to start the discussions more and more and more and more people are able to gather and, and talk about what they want to do. Organizing is the term you used, right? Mm-hmm. They're organizing. That's, that's becoming more capable now. And so I think you do have a set foundation to where you can start having ideas and you can start putting action together and those types of things. So to me, that's the positive. I don't think we're done yet. I don't think we're all the way down yet, but, but now people are willing to get together and talk about organizing and, and standing up for what they believe, because it really is, it's for us. Mm-hmm. It's not the, not the one tenth of 10, you know, a percent it's for us. And so I think that's the positive for me. What about yeah. you? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I, I would agree to the majority of that. And I think that it's hard to really tell because of kind of the position that I'm in. And as far as my work, uh, I don't have outside of you guys, I, I don't have like coworkers yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and any exchange that I have with, you know, clients and stuff like that, it's very limited. So it's hard for me to see how greater community is and my, my friends, um, but we all think similar. So it's hard to see it's it's hard to see how greater community that have wildly differing opinions are interacting Mm. like 
in a normal office, you would be around multiple people that have very differing opinions that are not like your friends that you click with. So, so I don't, I don't get to see that. So I don't really know. And then all the only other option that I see is on TV, but, but my feeling and just sort of mentally projecting out, I think we are going to come back to that sometime soon of having conversation. Um, hopefully as a COVID thing kind of gets some sort of control at some point, more of these conversations will happen. And, and we've seen the chaos and the extremes and I think people are starting to get tired of that and, and say, okay, neither of these things are real. <laughs> let's, let's talk about what's real in the middle. So I, I just kind of feel that way because that's how I feel. Um, but again, I think on the back end of all of this, I think there's a lot of prosperity that's could happen. You know, and you said a really good piece when you talked about your friends. Mm-hmm. He said, well, obviously my friends kind of think the same way I do, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that to you, but to other people that are out there, like we create friends because you're like-minded, you know what I mean? And so I I would challenge people to get out there. Like, you know, I have my friends and they're all very similar minded because we're doing what we do. But then I go and I talk to my neighbors who are very different Mm -hmm. and to get different philosophies and ideas and whatever, and and to show them that a, somebody maybe who's on the opposite side of what they think. Mm -hmm can still be civil and have a conversation. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's a lot of that that still needs to occur. And as long as, and what I think has been normal, and I have this one gal that I know that's kind of around our family and she's very different viewed than I am. Mm -hmm. But because for the last year, we've been having conversations back and forth, she's become more open Hmm. to the ideas of what would be a Trumper like me. She calls me a Trumper, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I hate Trump. Like I don't (laughs) like the guy, you know what I mean? But um, I have respect for some of the stuff he did, but you know, I don't respect the individual per se. She's been it because it hasn't been confrontational. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I, I see it this way, you know, and I disagree. And I'm and having the ability on both sides to say, I disagree with you and not have the other side flip out. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, okay, why? You know, like tell me why. And and sometimes she's got good facts behind what she says. Sometimes I have good facts behind what I say. And you have to and and you're mature enough. Or you have that base where you're like, look, I'm trying to find the greater good out of this to say, I never really saw it that way. You know what I mean? And take it into consideration and you can have, and that's the forward movement. That's the positive part. I would challenge people, like talk with people outside of your normal comfort zone because you'll experience different things than you would if it was just in your circle. Right. So yeah, for sure. All right, man. Uh, so thank you for this conversation. We, uh, yeah, I think we, we went way off the rails of our normal talking about the building industry, but I think it does all tie it's together. Important. It's important, man. I mean, we're in one of the most important times of history. Like, it's important. So, yeah, good. Thank you to the listeners for listening. We will talk again next week. Thanks. Thanks again for listening. Spaces is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. If you enjoy our show, you can support us in three simple ways for free. You can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on your podcast app if it allows you to. Tell a friend and follow us on social media. Thanks for spending time with us. Talk soon.
Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK, the three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.